They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast, another episode of Unsanctioned. My name is Ron Pashry, and I'm here with a very special guest, a gentleman I met about a year and a half ago in Orlando at the Performance Center, the first member of that crew to do an episode of Matt Madness, and I I was going to say an aspiring ring announcer, but you kind of already are, right? Nick Lendl. (laughs) Getting out there. Getting out there. I've seen you've done some stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a year and a half ago at the Performance Center already. I don't believe that. It's nuts. I mean, we, we mentioned it right before we started that it, I, I still look at everybody I met that day as like, oh, I just met these people. And it's like, no, it's it's going yeah. on. It'll, soon it'll be two years. Like, I've known you guys. Sometimes fast, man. It has. And clearly, if you watch the NXT product and you watch Raw and SmackDown, times have changed for the company, too. Because oh, yeah. Almost everybody we met there that day is now on the main roster. <laughs> it's a it's a shorter list of people that are still there than the people that got called up. It's like any any person I can think of off the top of my head that was there, they're on Raw and SmackDown every week now. It's a whole fresh crop of people in NXT now. That's good. That's a good thing. It is. I mean Nia Jax hadn't even debuted yet and she's on the main roster now. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, they were they were pushing her uh, vignettes and stuff at the time. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, like we, oh. we knew who she was. We knew she was coming, but she had not appeared yet, and now she's yeah. on Raw. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember they, they they wouldn't even let her uh, really do too much because they didn't want to give away too much of what she was going to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, she, she's on Raw every week. Yeah, and she she was like the sweetest person, the exact opposite of the character. That's another played. thing too. I think I tweeted <laughs> about that because someone had asked me, "Hey man, I'm going to go to the Performance Center. You know, what did you remember?" And one of the things that stuck out to me was just so how how genuine of a person she was. She was such a nice nice person. Yeah, Very glad could, to have met her. Could not have been nicer to anybody. We'll talk more about the Performance Center a little later, but the the first thing I like to ask everyone who comes on this show. And I know you clearly love wrestling if your aspiration is to be a ring announcer. What is it that made you fall in love with professional wrestling? Uh, see, that's, that's such a hard question to pinpoint, you know, because over the years you develop a love for it. And now, you know, being in the business and doing what I'm doing, you know, the things I love now are the guys that go out there and show the passion that they have for doing this for not a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I mean, the indie scene is, is not uh, – all wine and roses, like you think. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen some things in a short time that you know <laughs> you, you hear about, but you know. But um, my God, man, just the the way the the business is changing and all the guys that are coming up, it's it's awesome to see the backstage side of things. Now I look at things like uh, the guys that drive hours and hours to make fifty bucks, and I look at the guys that that put themselves out there on social media and the guys mm-hmm. that actually you know, really, really want to do anything they can to make it in this business. Those are the guys I try to help. Like a lot of companies, I I have to do uh, backstage promos with these guys. And you can (laughs) tell some of the guys that, that really can, you know, you grab a guy, Hey man, we have a backstage promo tonight. And some of them, Awesome, man. You know, what are we going to say? What do I have to do? And then some of them, you know, I got to do it. And it's like, that's hard for me, you know, because I've been trying to get into this for so long and it's like, I know from the outside looking in that that's what's going to get you to where you want to be. You could be the best wrestler in the world, but you know if you can't talk, they're going to pass on you. And it goes it goes the other way too. There's a guy I'm I'm working with right now in IWC, Jackson Argos. He's a uh, 
indie guy coming up right now, and he's <laughs> awesome on the mic. Now, he's the total opposite where he's just getting his feel for his in-ring work, but his his mic skills are – he's probably the best talker in the company right now. Really? It's, oh, absolutely. And the guy's only been wrestling, you know, five or six months. He's doing a, um, a Team Storm gimmick. He got trained by Lance Storm in Canada. Uh, so they have a couple of those guys that they bring in. They do a, a Team Storm gimmick, and that, you know, that's uh, seeing like that. Though, if he just gets, it works on the ring work a little bit. You know, there's there's no stopping someone like that. I've seen Lance Storm mention him on Twitter before. I think now that you say that, um, you see a lot of people probably mention him on Twitter. He's uh, out of anybody I know. He's the most uh, social media active on. <laughs> he's on everything. I see him all the time. So he's good on the mic. He's got, I guess, a good personality, good character, and he's good on social media. Absolutely. He's a really good guy, too. That helps. Yeah. Because a lot of the time, you know, with guys that aren't aren't good, you say, well, he's a really good guy. And then you proceed to bury him. (laughs) (laughs) Not this guy. He's a nice guy. You know, the ring work. He's he's getting there. He's getting there. You know, maybe a year or two from now, you don't know where where this guy's going to be. Do you see the like promise and potential of his ring work? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not one of those things where he's. You know, he's just green. You know, he's only been doing it a couple months and a couple slip ups, you know, here and there that you notice. But, um, you know, he keeps going with it. He did a spot at the last show where he went to do a springboard off the top rope and slipped (laughs) and fell. Now he's a heel. So totally went with it, stood up. Everyone's laughing at him. And, you know, he did the whole like, you know, don't laugh at me. And it it worked. You know, it worked. To where he came backstage and there were a couple people that actually said, did you do that on purpose? To, you know, he really, he really, he really went with it. You know, that was something that was impressive. I know a lot of people noticed that. Yeah. So that's somebody who clearly, I mean, those are things that WWE is looking for. Ultimately, if you can connect to a crowd, get people to care about you. And that's some, that's some of the, like some of these guys, they don't get that. You know what I mean? I work with some of these guys and, and they want you to give them scripted promos and yeah that's what's going to happen when you get to wwe they're going to hand you word for word and you're going to have to say everything they want you to say but when you're on the indies and someone says hey man you got a 30 second promo tonight that's your opportunity that's your opportunity because now not only do you have your matches that you can send to other promoters you have a 30 second promo that you can add to a dvd reel you know hey check out my talking you know uh maybe if you if you're already booked on you know filled on your next show you don't have any room for me maybe i could come down cut a promo introduce myself you never know where these opportunities are going to pop up and i've been grateful for the opportunities that i've gotten so i got to interview <laughs> shelton benjamin and uh you know all, all kinds of these top guys <laughs> now as i said we met a year and a half ago at the performance center now, you stood out as soon as you got there because you came full suit. <laughs> uh, the, the only person there that was dressed up that nice, I was wearing a Sasha Banks legit boss t-shirt. Uh, I remember that, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, she said it su- Bailey told you it sucked. Yes, she did. She was not, <laughs> not a fan. And she said, you know she's not going to be here, right? I said, you know what? I thought she wouldn't, but I thought maybe there was a chance. There's hope. Uh, yeah, but I didn't realize... Now, I knew you, obviously, if you had been doing it before, you hadn't been ring announcing long, but I thought you had done something before that day. You got to ring announce how many matches that day? I did I did three matches. I did uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are on NXT every week now. They faced um, Aaliyah and Liv Morgan. That was mm-hmm. the first first professional wrestling match <laughs> I ever I ever ring announced. I did um, the, the women's title match, uh, Bailey defended against Alexa Bliss, and then I announced uh, Ty Dillinger against Lovepreet Singh, who still hasn't really made his his mark on NXT yet. He's going to be there. I know he did a um, a house show a few months ago mm-hmm. on uh, w, the main roster, the live side of things. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I and I'm going to tell you right now, and I, I mean this, 
the fact, like, I went there, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know what to expect. I'm not the most outgoing person. Like, I'm kind of shy. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to talk to anybody. I yeah. might meet these wrestlers and not say anything. You went there like that was a job interview for you. Like, that was why That's you what went I took there. it as. That's what I took it as, man. You know, I, um, I've always wanted to do this. Uh, my, my dad's been a singer since I was little. He's always been an entertainer. I've, sang, you know, been on stage with him before. I knew I always wanted to be on stage. I always thought it would be as a singer, though. Uh, once I got seven, eight, nine, you know, started being introduced to wrestling, it changed from uh, being a singer to being a pro wrestler. It's the only two things I ever wanted to be, a singer and a pro wrestler. I kind of mashed them together, and now I'm an announcer, you know, holding the microphone in a wrestling ring. It's like the perfect combination of the only two things I wanted to be. But um, it was about my my junior year in high school. I was playing football. I was running track. I was in the gym every day. And <laughs> And this you know, is with the mindset of I'm going to be a pro yes, wrestler. Yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. I was going to be a professional wrestler, and I think anybody in high school knew that <laughs> if I wasn't going to be a wrestler, I was going to be in the business somehow. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in the gym every day in my senior year. I think I weighed 170 pounds, and which it, which is nothing now. 170 pounds yeah. now, you're you know you're golden. You know they want to see what you could do. But yeah. back in 2008. Being 170 pounds, if your name wasn't Matt Seidel or Ray Mysterio, you weren't getting an opportunity. So, um, you know, I really thought about it and I said, you know, I, re- I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. So I thought, I've been watching this for so long and playing with these action figures for so long and commentating <laughs> these matches and doing all that that I thought, I'm going to give I'm going to give announcing a shot. I was already in the TV program in my high school. So, um, you know, when I when I went to college, that was the mindset. I'm going to I'm going to be. A WWE ring announcer, which is the craziest thing because, you know, your first day of school every day, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? There's always the people that want to be, you know, all the different things. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, not that I want to be a wrestler because there was actually a couple people that said, I want to be a WWE wrestler. You know, that that wasn't that weird. But to say I'm going to be a WWE ring announcer, (laughs) we're just like, you know, why why that? that? (laughs) Yeah, where did that come from? So, um. So anyway, I went I went to school. I went to Robert Morris University, got, did the TV crew there, wrote for the newspaper. And uh, as soon as I graduated, I got headshots printed. I got <laughs> demos made and I started sending them out, sent them out to TNA, Ring of Honor, WWE. Um, I was pretty close to meeting with TNA. Crazy story. I was working at a restaurant in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and <laughs> they tell me that there's a reservation couple days later for Kurt Angle. Yeah. Kurt Angle's okay. coming to the restaurant. From the area? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, from Pittsburgh. So I had met Kurt Angle years before we did this photo shoot. My my a good buddy that I went to high school with was actually his photographer. Oh, and wow. We, yeah. And uh, his manager, Dave Hawk, would set up all these, you know. So once I started hanging out with this kid, you know, hey, you're a wrestling fan. My dad knows Kurt Angle. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, so we went to – um. I went to his house and kind of just sat there and watched this photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And that was probably 06, 07, you know. And uh, this is like 2013 when I, you know, Kurt Angle comes in and, and you know. So it's been this a while. This is a significant time later, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so I'm waiting on him and, you know, I don't know if it was from that or something else or if he was just, you know, thinking of something else. But he recognized mm-hmm. me and said <laughs> – he keeps looking at me and says, do I know you from somewhere? And I reminded him about the photo shoot and he knew the guy's name right away. So I knew he wasn't BSing, <laughs> right. you know. I knew he was said, oh, yeah, that was with, you know, so-and-so. So um, he said, what have you been doing since then? And I said, well, funny you should ask, sir. <laughs> you know, I said, I just graduated from college. I'm trying to get into ring announcing. I've, you know, sent out demo tapes, you know, haven't heard anything back, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and um, – he says, well, here, take down my email and send me a reel. 
So I'm thinking, okay, so I, I, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm thinking this guy's right. blowing smoke, but I'm going to do it. So I get <laughs> home. The first thing I do, I send him this email. He um, immediately emails me back and gives me the contact info for Bob Ryder, who is director of talent booking for TNA. Uh-huh. And uh, I talked to Bob Ryder and he says, he emails me right back because I had said that Kurt Angle gave him the information, yeah. which is why he emailed me back, you know. <laughs> so um, he emails me back and he says, you know, the job you're trying to get is so, so limited because there's only a few spots in the entire business for what you want to do. But I think you have some promise. We want to take a look at you. Mm. So I'm like, oh, my God, you know, because I'm like two <laughs> months out of college. I'm thinking this is going to work for me. My uh, whole professional gonna... life is going to be ringing out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Said we're gonna set up a meeting with you and Bruce Pritchard, who has an awesome podcast. I don't know if you listen. To <laughs> I Pritchard have not. Podcast. What's it called? Oh my God, it's called Something to Wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard, and he does it with a guy Conrad Thompson. Uh, it, it hilarious. They actually branched off and they do a um, WCW one with Tony Schiavone now. But oh wow! The Bruce Pritchard one's definitely definitely worth a listen. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, yeah, I'm set up with this meeting with Bruce Pritchard, and it never got to uh, any further details because. A week or so later, give or take, Kurt Angle gets in trouble with a DUI. Mm-hmm. Stops contacting me. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard gets fired or quit, depending on who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the end with uh, the TNA contact. Okay. So I'm thinking, man, you know, that that was an opportunity. <laughs> that sucked. So for a couple of years, you know, after that, because the, uh, the Performance Center thing was uh, 2015. So this is two years of me sending demo tapes and, you know, making reels. And it's so hard because I had never ring announced. I had never stood in a wrestling ring and ring announced. So my demos were me in front of a black curtain with an unplugged <laughs> microphone. You know, like how serious could they have taken yeah. me? So I'm thinking, you know, man, I must be doing something wrong. So, you know, years go by and I'm almost at the point of thinking like, I don't think this is going to work. You know, I got married. I had a little girl in this mm-hmm. time. You know, it's just maybe it you know, wasn't meant to be for me. And then I saw that they were having the tour of the Performance Center. And I thought, you know what? I immediately th- – and you're right. I did. I took it as a job interview because I thought this is my opportunity. I said if I show up to this thing in a suit, you know, and I tell them – and it, it worked out because the first thing I did, I walked in. Matt Bloom said, oh, you're in a suit, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I told them <laughs> – um, you know, I thought to myself, cause it says right in there, you know, I, I, at this point thought it was going to be a tour of the performance center mm-hmm. and a Q and a, and my whole plan for this Q and a was during this Q and a, I wanted to raise my hand and <laughs> say, I would like to be a ring announcer. What do I have to do to do that? And I was yeah. prepared. I knew everybody's weight, everybody's hometown in that <laughs> NXT locker room because I was ready for them to say, well, Hotshot, stand up and announce uh, Ty Dillinger. Mm-hmm. Hotshot, stand up and announce Apollo Crews. And I could have <laughs> did it. And I didn't even need to do that. I yeah. thought, you know, if they, I could just let them know who I am and just get them the idea that, hey, maybe this kid could work somewhere down the line. Uh-huh. So then I see it says, help produce an NXT live event. Mm-hmm. And now when it says help produce, I'm thinking in the studio. I'm thinking, you know, they have a pre-taped, NXT show that we're watching in the studio and they're going to teach us how to switch cameras and switch. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Add graphics. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking, well, if I can just mention it, that I went to school for this. Hey, can can I do like a voiceover? (laughs) You know, something, you know? And, uh, I walked in and Matt Bloom, I can, I, me and him clicked right away because he's from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. He played football for Pitt. 
first thing he said to me, you know, oh, you're in a suit, you're from Pittsburgh. Oh man, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, I'm actually, uh, you know, trying to do some ring announcing. And without missing a beat, Matt Bloom says, you want to do some ring announcing today at our live event? So my day was set. And, and, and now at this point, I'm and it, actually looking back on it, it kind of took maybe took away from the experience because the whole day just waiting to ring announce. Yeah. And I'm trying to get the card you know, beforehand so I can see who the hell I got a ring announce. So I don't screw up. So they like me, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I, you know, it was crazy because they told us the whole time, you know, don't be on your phones. Don't be. And I'm kind of like sitting there like on my phone, not, not texting anybody, not I'm looking up these people researching at this point. At this point, Liv Morgan was still Gianna Daddio, and Aaliyah didn't have a ring name yet. Noof. And I don't think Peyton Royce and Billy Kay were on TV at this point. Mm, if so, they had been, it was if, like once or yeah, twice. If they did, it was one or two shots, you know. So I'm trying to – well, I don't want to say, okay, well, you're going to you're gonna ring announce this tag match, ba- Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, and then me say, okay, Dasha, uh, well, where are they from? <laughs> I just wanted to, to do it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And at first, I think it was kind of – Hey, let's let this kid ring announce, you know, let him, you know, get his jollies and see what he does. Mm-hmm. So they put me in for the, uh, I think it was the second match. Um, Dasha did, you know, the other half of the ring announcing. Um, that... uh, yeah, it was because, so I did the interview post-match with Hugo Knox. Oh yeah. After he, the and first he faced, match. uh, he and, faced uh, Mike Rollis or Riddick Moss. Uh, Riddick Moss. Yes. Yeah. And so, I went to sit down and by the time I sat down, you were announcing the, the next match. Yeah. 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 So that, that was a crazy moment because they tell me you're announcing, you know, these, you know, these four women and said, all right, you know, I'm ready to go. I get in the ring. And at this point, you know, the wrestlers and even the other guy, you know, the producers, everybody, and even you, you know, other people that were there, it's like, okay, I saw this guy all day in a suit, you know, he wants to ring announce, let him do it. Let's see what he got. And when I said, you know, the bell rang and I said, the following contest is a Divas tag team, still Divas back then, (laughs) Divas tag team match scheduled for one fall. And that was it. And the wrestlers jumped up and I could hear Ryan Katz like talking to Matt Bloom. And right then I knew like, okay, I'm good. I I ring announced them and I I knew it was okay because I got out of the ring and I had thought that my life was complete because (laughs) before that match, Greg Hamilton grabs me and he says, hey, let me see your cell phone. And Greg Hamilton took seven or eight pictures of me in the ring. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) You know what, man? I I got to announce a match in a WWE ring. I have all the pictures of it. That's it. I'm, you know, this is complete. You know, my Mm -hmm. life is complete. So they come up to me and they say, hey, um, you want to do another match? Yeah. <laughs> so, like you said, there was eight matches on the show. I think mm-hmm. I introduced. Uh, I think I ring announced three of them, which wasn't which, which is more than I expected. Yeah. You know what I mean? So afterwards, I got interviewed. That's almost w- half the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for my first time. And you know, this is like, and like you said, you know, off, you know, before we started here, you had thought that I had done some indie stuff beforehand. A couple other guys had asked me if I had done some indie mm-hmm. stuff beforehand, and I and I hadn't. You know, it wasn't until after this that everything started kind of falling into place for me. Yeah, that's like the biggest compliment that I could give you is that I, before I saw you do anything, I assumed you had done it before. Then when I heard you do it, I didn't have a thought, like I never thought like, oh, this was his first time. You seemed completely comfortable. You seemed like you knew well, you. you knew who you were in there, like what you you had your voice. You Because the way you ring announce is not the voice I'm hearing right now. It's yeah. different. <laughs> so you had your voice, you had like a certain demeanor. So I assumed like, oh, this guy has done this before. This is maybe like the the kind, maybe the biggest thing he's gotten to do, like with these 
these NXT yeah, many times in the mirror and in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> and, in my, and in my car. Yeah, but never like that in front of no. people watching no, a wrestling in, show. That, in like, front of uh, in front of people, let alone the, the NXT locker room, the mm-hmm. NXT producer. You know, Sarah Del Rey, Matt Bloom, Ryan Katz, who uh, I actually talked to Ryan Katz a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's cool to still keep in contact. Is he, is he still there? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I wasn't sure about that or if he yeah. was still there or not. Um, so yeah, that that was awesome. Like like I said, I, re- I read that interview that you had tweeted the other day. Uh, I forget what publication yeah. it was. Indie uh, Indie Wrestling Life magazine. Okay, so I I read that and it says, oh, the first match I ever announced was Peyton Royce. I was like, wait, I saw that. I was like, I didn't yeah. think that was at all the first time he ever did that. So clearly, you know, your your practice paid off because when you got your chance, you you were ready for it, um, mm-hmm. and you did a good enough job that they asked you to do it again. And then they asked you to do it again. So that's great. So I congratulate you for for having one the courage to go there as like I'm going to go there and try to be a ring announcer. Like this is my way in. I applaud you for being able to do that. And then coming through when you got the opportunity to do it, <laughs> especially if you hadn't done it before. I, I second guess myself a little bit driving there because I'm thinking, you know, my first instinct is this guy, you know flew himself here to the performance center to get an opportunity. And I thought that would stick out in a lot of people's mind, but then you start thinking too much. And then you think, mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. What if they think, Oh, this guy's going into business for himself. He's trying to do some, make something out of this. That isn't, you, you know, yeah. so I didn't want to, I didn't want to piss anybody off right. either. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So that was, that was the toughest part. You know, I, I get, I get that. And I probably would have felt the same way, but from an outside perspective, and especially seeing you interact with, some of the other people who work there, you weren't talking about it in a way like I came here for this. It was like, you could yeah. just tell it was something you really wanted to do and you really wanted to get a chance to pursue it. So I think, and especially if you, if you think of what the performance center is, that's a bunch of people who haven't made it yet, who are still doing everything they can to make it. Absolutely. So yeah. There was probably in a, in a way, a lot of them related to you, especially the coaches. Cause that, that's uh-huh. what, the, that's what they're doing. There is trying to get people to where you're trying to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it, at this point, like up until the event, I still didn't, I mean, they told me I would, but I didn't realize that I would be in the ring during the event on camera, you know, do, uh, doing having that whole experience. I did not think that that would happen at all. I thought maybe I'd be in front of a green screen and they'd test me out to see how I sounded, mm-hmm. which they did do yeah. uh, later, <laughs> you know, with, uh, with a promo we recorded, mm-hmm. but yeah, just uh, unbelievable day. Tom Phillips, uh, I still talk to a lot too. Tom Phillips is a really good guy. Um, you know, seems genuinely, uh, genuinely interested in my progress rather than just, you know, responding to emails. Cause well, that's good. Um, I'm glad to hear that because that, that definitely was the vibe that they gave off that day it was like, they were there for us. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like I, I felt so, I could not have felt any more welcome there by every single person, whether it was talent, whether it was a coach, any, mm-hmm. anybody I met there, uh, the woman, Danielle, who, kind of was oh, yeah. corresponding with us, everybody there, like all they cared She's about was actually, whether we had an awesome time. That Danielle was actually the one that on her phone had recorded the, uh, the Bailey Alexa bliss oh, intro really? and sent it to me. And that's the only clip I have of me announcing <laughs> there, there's that. And then there's about a three second clip of me saying the following contest on the, uh, this week in WWE on the network, they have a little clip of me, but <laughs> other than that, you know, uh, you know, that was it. So that's what I sent out. <laughs> to all these indie companies and you think is it oh we got to get this guy because look he announced in nxt or was it oh this guy's pretty good we should give him a shot you know and i don't care what it was because it worked yeah, yeah. either either <laughs> way it is good now so normally 
like I said at the top of the show, and I told you before the show, I have four questions I ask. Yeah. I'm not even going to do that. I, I feel like I'm more interested in, in, in this, in the fact that you're actually pursuing something in the wrestling business. I'd rather just talk about that at this point. So... You don't want to know about my Mount, my, uh, Mount Rushmore? If you want to give it to me, you can. <laughs> but but I was really enjoying where this was going. Yeah, so, that's all right. We'll so, skip Mount Rushmore. Okay. Maybe we'll get to it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> now, September of 2015, right, was when we were at the Performance Center. Yes, sir. So you get to do three matches that day. Did you walk out of there feeling like this worked or – I'm on my way. Or were you kind of like, well, now what's next? I don't, I don't know where to go from here. Kind of all the above. Uh, I was definitely on cloud nine when I left there because this, this had been, whether it was one day or whether it was a career, this had been my dream to, Mm -hmm. like I, like I said before, I I got married, you know, I I have a little girl. So that aspect of my life is complete and I'm satisfied with Mm -hmm. what I have. But other than my family, you know, family aside, this was my dream and this is what I wanted to do. And I did it, you know, and it it was all those people in growing up in school and everything that look, man, I ring announced for WWE. I don't (laughs) care if I don't work there. I don't care if it was a one-off. I did it. And that was pretty cool to see the reaction there and, and leaving there. Getting back to your point, when I leaving there, I approached Matt Bloom because everyone had been leaving, you know, and that was it. And this is over. Yeah. So I went up to Matt Bloom, shook his hand and I said, thank you so much for the opportunity. I said, you probably don't realize it. I said, but you really made my dream, you know, an eight year old boy's dream come true by letting me stand in the ring and do that. (laughs) And he said, you know what, man? He said, you were really good. You impressed a lot of us. Um, so I said, where do I go from here? Because I said, I'm, you know, I want to do this. You mm-hmm. know, he said, first thing he said to me was, um, well, he said the camera right there. And he pointed to the camera that was hard camera facing us. He yeah. said that has a live feed to the office <laughs> at Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> so he said that everything you announced and everything you did, Triple H and Vince McMahon saw. Said, so we'll talk to them, see what they think. He said, try, you know, to get in with a good indie, you know, and you know, maybe we'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, that was all I needed to hear. Whether whether he meant it or not, I was leaving Orlando that day, <laughs> the happiest the happiest guy. And we went yeah. to Disney World the next two days. Spent <laughs> way more money than I should have. But uh, you know, it was awesome. And then coming home, like you said, that was the end of September. It was about the middle of October. I get a um, you know, an envelope in the mail, and it's all these pictures of me mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that that they actually took the time to do. Yeah. So. It was from there that I emailed or uh, tweeted, sorry, Matt Bloom. <laughs> I said, I got all the stuff, man. What do I do now? Because I'm still – at this point, I'm still not in the business. I right. still – I know some stuff, but I don't want to come off as a mark. I don't want to <laughs> say the wrong thing, piss off the wrong person. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, he said, are, are you working any indies yet? And I said no because at that point, I was finding out that indies don't, either don't want to pay you mm-hmm. or – Especially with the ring announcer, yeah. you know, talent's different. In ring talent's different, mm-hmm. but a lot of indies. Well, I got my buddy that'll do it for free. Yeah, you know, you know. Whereas me thinking, well, I ring announced NXT. Yeah. You know, <laughs> shit, man. I should be, I should be, you know, the forefront of this. I should be the front runner <laughs> for your announcing. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. So uh, I started tweeting out different wrestlers, and I tweeted out anybody I could find that I had any connection to. Uh, talked to Kurt again, and at that point, obviously, he had no affiliation to WWE then. Um, and I ended up hearing back from, uh, I, be- I believe it was Corey Graves, 
and even Elias Sampson maybe turned me on to IWC, the International Wrestling Cartel based out of Pittsburgh. Um, Were you familiar with them at all or not really? Yeah, I I was familiar with them, um, but I hadn't really pursued them because back at that point, you know, I didn't. I didn't think of that. Yeah. You know, I had I had heard of them, but at this point I was just sending stuff out to WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor. You know, I didn't think to go to that route. Yeah, who should, you see on TV. <laughs> yeah, and, and I should have because, you know, looking back on I probably could have been in the business, you know, a lot sooner if I would have. And I regret that, you know. But um actually before it was this was before the performance center. I got an email from IWC saying we're trying to try out new ring announcers. The guy they had had for years was retiring or needed to take a leave or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they were auditioning new ring announcers. So I thought, you know what? Not the not the top of the heap, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna start here. I'm gonna try to make you know my make waves here. So I email them back. Yeah, then I'm I want to try out. Tell me where to go. Tell me when. No response. Nothing <laughs> bad. Didn't hear anything. So I'm thinking, I just made a bad impression. I mm-hmm. guess you know. And now this is, you know, before the Performance Center. So this is about a year later that I get an email from a guy, uh, Daniel Hooven, who is the photographer for IWC. Okay. He says, um, hey, man, I've been seeing your tweets. I've been watching your reels. You sound awesome. Have you ever heard of IWC? And I said, I've heard of them. I said, I actually contacted them about announcing that, and they never emailed me back, <laughs> which I thought was a total, like, well, welcome to the Indies. You know yeah. what I mean? Which was gave me a bad vibe, which mm-hmm. I was probably why I didn't pursue anything else at that right. point. Um, but he said, well, man, you know, I, I think you should try again. So I tried again and reached out. Same email address. I think they went under new management, actually, okay. which is maybe why I got an opportunity this time. <laughs> um, so I sent them a reel and they wanted me to visit their uh, December show. This is December of 15. So this is only a couple months after the Performance Center, you right. know. Uh, December of 15, me and my wife went and visited their show, hung out, talked to a couple of the guys, talked to the promoter, Justin Plummer, who's awesome guy, you know, has always given me, uh, way more opportunities than any, you know, promoter probably should. A young announcer Mm -hmm. has no experience. Uh, (laughs) so I hung out with him and me and him hit it off right away. Um, you know, he, he took a liking to me. So by the next show I was set to ring announce. So Um, the next show I get all my stuff to ring announce and about, I think it was the night before the show, the night before the show, Justin Plummer emails me and says, uh, it was, there was a bad snowstorm that day. It was something happened and the the one commentator had to pull out, couldn't come in. (laughs) So he said, would you be able to commentate this show for us? In my mind, I'm thinking, no, (laughs) no, because I don't know any of your talent other than the the show that I had been the previous Mm -hmm. month. Um, you know, I don't know any of the backstories, you know, at this point, I don't even know who's heel and baby face, you know, <laughs> but what did I say? <laughs> yes, sir. I can do that for you. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> so the, the very first show I worked with them, I worked the whole show on commentary with this other guy, Jay Farnsworth. And, uh, from then, uh, they, like I said, they had their, their ring announcer from then I started doing backstage stuff, backstage promos, interviews, and then they started working me into, Ring announce and it's gone full circle now. I now I bought a ring announce half the show. I split it with this other guy named uh, Dave Kitch. Me and him split the ring announcing duties. I commentate if someone pulls out. I do backstage interviews, but you know anything they need me to do. I actually started writing articles on their website too. So anything I can get my hands on, I want to learn as much as I can. So you know like, I mean? one that's a good way to be. Like the more you know, the more valuable it makes you to yeah. them. Um, and then the more you have like 
if you ever get an opportunity for something bigger, the more you can, the more experience you can say you've had. Also, it's very important to be willing to say yes to things that you may not always want to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been very easy to be too scared to commentate. Absolutely. So you said yes, and now look where it led. So what that makes me probably think wasn't is, the best. You know, probably wasn't <laughs> as good as it could have been, but it. But it you got did through it. the show. But you did, did it, it. and yeah. it, it opened up more doors for you there. Now is now when I met you, you wanted to be a ring announcer. Is doing any of this other stuff maybe has something else crept up there alongside of ring announcing that you'd like to do, or is it still? Ring announcing, that is your passion that you want to do. Ring announcing is my favorite thing to do. I love ring announcing. Um, I love being in the ring, you know, being in front mm-hmm. of people. Uh, the, the promos are good, too. Like I said before, if you have a guy that wants to do it. Yeah. You know, there are guys that are fun to do promos with. I love doing promos with uh, – there's a guy, Chris LaRusso, who actually just got uh, – he's in the top prospect tournament for Ring of Honor this year. He just okay. had a match at one of their tapings. And he's awesome because he's a classic heel where shut up, Lendl, or he'll put his hand <laughs> over my face or he'll shove me out of the shot. You know, yeah. stuff where and, – and another thing, too, that you don't get is every time, shut up, Lendl. I've had enough, Lendl. You know, yeah. you're on my nerves, Lendl. He's getting my name out there mm-hmm. to people that may not know who I am. He's saying my name where – People think, wow, why is he being so mean to Nick? When in reality, afterwards, we cut and I'm shaking his hand and thanking him for the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank you for calling me Lendl so many times. Yes, thank you. But, um, yeah, I definitely, definitely the ring announcing. Definitely ring announcing. That's um, that's my favorite. But I'd do anything. WWE called me tomorrow to be a janitor. I'd be there, so. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that either. I've seen Goodwill Hunting. Sometimes a janitor can make out pretty well. Hey, that's how uh, that's how Teddy Long got in the business. He started sweeping <laughs> floors for I think Crockett or something, and then ended up get, you know getting in managing and refereeing. And now he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. you never know what the hell could happen. It's like I said, if you say yes, you never know where that first yes <laughs> is going to lead to. Um, Don't say no. Yeah. Um, so IWC, it sounds like you're kind of ingrained into that company now for for the time being. That's 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 where I'd say is my home base. That's like I said, Justin Plummer is the first guy that gave me an opportunity. I've started working with other places that are no doubt because of IWC. Um, I started working with Premier Championship Wrestling out of Cleveland, Ohio, which is run by uh, Joe Dombrowski, who's a name that some more you know hardcore fans might know as an announcer. Um, done a lot of work in the Ohio area and Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm working with them. They're actually uh, PCW in Cleveland. They're actually branching off, and they're going to do something that's, to my knowledge, never been done. On May 7th, they're going to do the first ever uh, welterweight tournament, which mm. is all this buzz about the cruiserweights yeah. and 205. <laughs> when I'm talking to Joe Dombrowski about this and his vision for this was 205 live, the cruiserweights, it's awesome. But, and, and it's hard to say from, you know, from an outsider looking in, but you see a guy like Noam Dar or Tony, Tony Neese is a perfect example. Tony yeah. Neese, the cruiserweight, because he's 204 pounds or whatever the hell yeah. he is. But Seth Rollins is not a cruiserweight. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Stuff uh, like that. Now, um, now Kalisto is not a cru- is not in the cruiserweights. They mm-hmm. just put Epwin there, you know, yeah. which you know they're starting to spice things up. But mm-hmm. you put it. You watch a match: Rich Swan versus Seth Rollins, and or Rich Swan versus Daniel Bryan, and yeah, you're going to see Daniel Bryan and Rich Swan. You know, two different level talents. Uh-huh. That's disrespect to Rich Swan. Yeah, but. If you're a rest, if you're a fan that's just going to the show because you got a free ticket or because your dad's taking you or something, and mm-hmm. you see Seth Rollins versus Rich Swan or Rich Swan, you're not going to think that either guy has the advantage because right. they look the same. Mm-hmm. You know, just because he's a cruiserweight, 
you know, so Joe Dombrowski has this vision where he wants to do 185 pounds and under and do the first ever welterweight tournament. So he has a couple of the smaller guys coming in. I think that's on May 7th. I'm looking forward to that because there's a lot See, of guys. if he did this 10 years ago, it might have been you. You might have had an outlet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what I was saying beforehand, you know, 170 pounds in high school. I'm, you know, soaking wet. And I'm thinking, look at me, man. Like, what the? No chance. And now, you know, you got guys like Mark Andrews that's getting an opportunity and, you know, all kinds of these guys. It's um, awesome. So how much did you watch any independent wrestling before – like before the performance center, had you watched much indies or not really? The only indies I had watched were guys that had made it to WWE. So I thought you go it, back and watch matches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I thought it was cool. You know, now I knew, I knew of uh, Daniel Bryan before he was in WWE and I knew of a couple other guys before they were in WWE, but guys like, um, like Roderick strong mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, I watched him, you know, go up the ranks and obviously he's just been in WWE. Yeah. So I knew him before he was in WWE, mm-hmm. but guys like, um, let's think here. Guys like, uh, where, where was I going with this? Yeah. Totally. Well, lost thought here. Well, you're, you're trying to think of guys that you saw before they made it to. WWE. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it, it's cool to, <laughs> to watch, you know, guys like Dan, like a Daniel Bryan or somebody mm-hmm. on ring of honor, and in WWE, and then you go back, oh, look at this guy, you know, yeah. wrestling in front of 12 people, uh-huh. 10 people. You know, another cool thing, too, is I went to a Ring of Honor show in 2012 and saw Kevin Steen and Mike Bennett and Sami Zayn, who was El Generico. And, you know, just there was maybe 50, 60, 70 people in the audience. And now, you know, they're they're worldwide. That's that's my favorite thing is seeing these guys go up the ranks and make something of themselves. Yeah. Have you so. I was strictly like a WWE guy. I watched Ring of Honor because I was a huge Jay Lethal fan. Um, I loved Black Machismo back in the day. Uh, so I, I was a big fan of of him. So I was watching Ring of Honor for about a year before, before he had won the title. Um, but I wasn't avid about indie wrestling. The first indie show I went to, I went to a Ring of Honor show at the old ECW Arena in okay. Philadelphia in August. Actually, it was a month before we went to the Performance Center. Um, and I, I appreciated it, but like Nakamura was there. There were guys that I had seen on TV. Yeah. So I yeah. Didn't, I, it didn't click to me that it was like a different world. Then I went to a House of Hardcore show in Philadelphia about six, seven months later. And I was like, wait a minute. This is a whole different thing than yeah. what I watch every Monday and Tuesday. This is, this is something totally different that's so cool in its own way. And I had some, such an appreciation for the way these guys interact with the crowd because it's a smaller venue. Absolutely, and yeah. A lot of guys know, nobody knows who I am here, so I have to get them to know who I am by the oh, time yeah. they leave. You working with the, this indie promotion and other indie promotions, have you gained a new appreciation for what guys are doing that haven't gotten to WWE or that may never get to WWE? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you you hear guys that do double shots, that guys that drive in from, you know, um, Indianapolis that do a shot in the afternoon and drive in to do a shot at night. And and like I said, man, it's not, you know, not the money you would think you'd be getting in the indies, you know, for some of these wrestlers. And they're they're doing this for not a lot of money. And, you know, a couple of things that I see. Um, you know, they, they all have their own merch tables mm-hmm. where they're all bring their own, um, you know, t-shirts or eight by tens and they try to make some money and, you know, you'll get a picture with somebody and they might charge you two or $3 yeah. and some of the fans turn their nose up at that. And I think I would too, 
five years ago. Yeah. You know, what do you mean? Like three, three dollars to get a picture with me on my cell phone. And it's like some of the, some of these guys have shoot jobs. Like they, they do other things mm-hmm. for a living, but some of these guys, this is their living and they need to make as much money as they can. So no, I'm not going to give you my shirt for $10 instead of $20 right. because you know, you don't know what I'm walking out of here with, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and some of these wrestlers, you know, and I've been, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to get a lot of work and, but some of these wrestlers, man, they really have to really have to go all out and work a lot of different promotions in front of not too many people <laughs> to get, to get noticed. So has seeing that, seeing like meeting these guys, seeing the lifestyle that they have to live, the work that they have to put in to get by, um, how difficult it is for them to to get any higher than they are right now because there's not a lot of spots. There's mm-hmm. more spots as a wrestler than there are as a ring announcer, but there's still not a lot of spots for wrestlers. Has that pushed you anymore? Has that given you any more drive or inspired you in any way to to push even harder than you already were? Absolutely. I'm, I'm always trying to think of other things I can do to stand out or to, you know, somebody – well, look at that Nick Lendl kid. We got to do something with him. You know, I I try to do anything I can to stand out. You know what I mean? Um, I watch a lot of indie wrestling and there are some, there are some good announcers. I think, I think I'm really good. You know, I'm not going to sit here and toot my own horn and say, I'm the best damn ring announcer in the business, but I think I'm pretty good. I think, you know, I I have a future here. I, I got, um, you brought up house of hardcore. That's another opportunity that literally fell into my lap. So you did I, a House of Hardcore show. I, I got to ring announce a House of Hardcore show. With, did you, uh, you? So you split time with someone else? Yeah. Okay. We, um, me and Dave, the other IWC announcer, mm-hmm. we had um, co-promoted. Tommy Dreamer did an appearance with IWC the year before. Came in for one shot. I think he faced Rhino in a match. And so they, they kept up a relationship with him, and they wanted to co-promote a show. So we used our building, the IWC building, and we promoted this House of Hardcore show, co-promoted, I should say, mm-hmm. for Tommy and with Tommy. The House of Hardcore apron, the House of Hardcore, you know, turnbuckles. You know, it was a House of Hardcore show yeah. put on by us. And we mm-hmm. were told from the get-go that don't expect to be used on this show. You know, we're basically giving them this show. And um, so, but like they say, you know, if you're a wrestler, you always bring your gear. You yeah. always, you know, your old, your old homage. Uh-huh. But um, so I, I came dressed in a suit, just like I did at the performance center. And I don't know if some, I don't know what happened. If you know, a flight was missed or what, mm-hmm. but they did not have a ring announcer. <laughs> so, as luck would have it, <laughs> you know, as luck would have it. Yes. And um, I'm just sitting there keeping to myself because at this point, I'm thinking I'm not doing anything on the show. This is pretty cool. I'm going to get to hang out with these guys because mm-hmm. backstage. At this House of Hardcore show, Sandman, Bubba Dudley, Dreamer, um, you know, Rhino, EC3, Hardcore Holly, <laughs> Tony Nese. This was literally, I think, a week or two before Tony Nese got signed to WWE. Okay. All these names. I'm, I'm in my glory. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> and Because that's the coolest thing about this is I, I want to make it a WWE so bad. But if I don't, you think about all – in one year's time, you know, Ron, like in one year's time, I have worked with – Booker T, Scott Hall, Billy Gunn, you know, the, the list goes on and on of all these guys, like all the guys <laughs> I just named. And it's crazy, you know, they're, you're sharing a locker room with these guys. You're cutting promos with these guys. <laughs> you know, it's, it's unbelievable. So anyway, um, Tommy said, don't have an announcer. You know, 
who do you have for me? And Justin came right over. This is this is Nick Lendl. Nice to meet you, Tommy Dreamer. You know, and um, and me and Tommy Dreamer are sitting there going over the run sheet, you know, for the night. How cool is that? Like, like, doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. I'm sitting next in a room next to Tommy Dreamer with a yellow pad mm-hmm. as he's writing down the order of who's out, whatever. And I'm just sitting there like a. You know, like like a little apprentice trying to just take in everything. You yeah, know? trying not to be a mark. Yeah, yeah, that's the hardest thing. I don't want to come off as a mark. You know what I mean? I don't want to. Yeah. But I think every if you get in this business, you got to be a little bit of a mark. To get well, in how it. how could you not be? Especially now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially now. like these days, if you're in the rent. I mean, Kevin Owens is clearly a mark. You know, yeah. <laughs> Sami Zayn is clearly a mark. Like all these guys are clearly marks. So Sasha Banks is a mark. Bailey is a mark. I mean, Bailey's gimmick is that she's a mark. That's her. I was gonna say that's her. That's her thing, man. <laughs> so it, it has to be hard to do it, but I think people would understand. Now, here's another thing I was thinking, just as you were saying that. Some people, somebody could listen to this and say, "Oh, well, like IWC, I've never heard of that." So, well, how course. far has this guy really gotten? But you, just, the names you just mentioned that you've worked with, is nobody would think that that would be. Everyone would think you were somewhere. Much higher up on the absolutely the totem yeah pole. So just because an independent promotion might be small and you might not have heard of it, doesn't mean there's not some real actual names or stars that are going to be involved in it. Oh yeah, man! April eighth, uh, Meadville, PA. We have the Hardys, Ricky Steamboat, Mr. Kennedy, and Ryback all on the show. <laughs> now, where's like, Meadville in relation to Pittsburgh? No clue, man. I'm terrible with directions. So you don't know where it is either. I, okay. No idea. I sit. I get in the car. I sit there. I do my notes. Ask my wife, man. I hope my daughter doesn't get my sense of direction because that's that's one thing I'm terrible at. I've never been good at directions. My I used my GPS my entire first semester of college. It was like I was like driving to finals week, and I'm like driving. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't think I need this GPS anymore. But it's like unless seriously, unless I've been somewhere 500 times. Yeah. I. And and luckily, like I mentioned, Joe Dombrowski before, uh, he's become a good friend of mine. I, I ride with him a lot to these shows because he's a play-by-play guy, um, and that's good news for my wife because <laughs> first couple of shows, my wife's going with me, and now if the bell times seven o'clock, I got to be there at three or four o'clock. And you know these places are far away. My wife doesn't know anybody, so the first I'd say five or six months, my wife's coming to me with these shows, going to a restaurant by herself or one time she, I think she went to the movies by herself. I'm just sitting there. And then it was a couple months in that I started riding with Joe Dombrowski. So now my wife kind of gets a break, but well, that, that's good. Don't go to all the shows. Though. <laughs> good Give her credit. Her. I, I, I appreciate that. She's as supportive of it as she is because not she's, everybody she's very supportive, looking. very supportive. Um, two things. First thing, have you ever thought about filming an episode of ride along with Joe Dombrowski? <laughs> <laughs> Because who knows? I don't, know, I don't know if that'd make air. <laughs> It'd be a very, very brief episode. Highly edited episode. Second Absolutely. thing, we're, we're discussing how supportive your wife is and her going to these cities with you, hanging out by herself because you're obviously busy. How much support have you gotten from people? Like you mentioned people in high school probably thinking like you're never going to be able to do this. Yeah. How much support have you gotten from people around you within your community, old high school friends or people you work with? Like, have you, have you run into people like that just think you can't do it or shouldn't do it? Or mostly people are, they just want to see you succeed. Uh, For the most part, I mean, as far as I know, I don't know what they're saying behind my back. (laughs) Uh, For the most part, I think everyone's been really supportive of me. It's really cool to, you know, be 
at a bar or a, uh, a restaurant with some friends and run into some people that I haven't seen in years and them come up to me and say, Hey man, I saw you're doing that ring announcing thing. I remember, uh, you know, doing that in eighth grade or whatever. And I remember this little girl, well, I shouldn't say little girl. She's probably like 14, 15. Mm -hmm. She comes up to me and, um, I don't, I don't know where we were a grocery store or something. She taps me and she says, are you Nick Lendl? And now I'm with my wife, so I'm like, you know, who else would I be? Yeah, you know. So she's like, she's like, my name is uh, Shannon. I'm not going to say her last name, Mm -hmm. Um, but her brother was a buddy of mine in middle school, and now she's 15 now. So when I was in middle school, she was a little girl, and uh, she said. My mom used to always hate when you would come to our house because that would mean that you and Joe, her brother, were going to wrestle downstairs. My mom used to hate when you would come up. And she said, and now, you know, and now my brother tells me you're actually doing that. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's really cool. And that's that's I mean, part of the reason I started playing football was to be more dedicated in the gym and to be ready to be a pro wrestler, because that's what I thought I was going to be, you know, but for the most part, most part supportive. Good. I'm glad to hear that because I know. I've dealt with it a lot and I know a lot of people who I think a lot of people think there's like a conventional way you're supposed to live your life. Like graduate yeah. high school, go to college, get a job, get married, have kids. And you just do that for your whole life. And it's like, well, there's so many more ways to live a life than just that. And there's so many more. And it more... was that for a while, you know, after uh, I so got married, you had a kid. people around on it then. Yeah, it, it was that for a while, you know, um, for a while before the performance center, mm-hmm. it was, you're still doing that. <laughs> oh, oh, Nick, you know, he's still trying to be a ring announcer, you know, and now it's turned into, yeah, I saw Nick on, uh, on the local <laughs> channel, you know, whatever. And even then I've done some, I've done some boxing events too, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, 3000 people, you know, sitting there and I don't like the boxing events though. <laughs> that was, yeah. was going to be the next question I was going to ask is I know you've done Hate some it. boxing. So, it. so it's not, a, it's not an alternative to WWE for it's, you. It's good money. It's good money. If I got a full-time gig, I would definitely take it in Vegas or something, mm-hmm. but it's a totally different atmosphere because um, whereas if you're backstage in a wrestling locker room, everyone's hanging out, talking about spots they're going to do, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a you know club mentality. You yeah. know, one of the boys in the back. Mm-hmm. If you're announcing a boxing show, each boxer has their own dressing room or own trailer, whatever it is, mm-hmm. And I need to know their info because if I'm ring announcing, um, you know, Sami Zayn, he's from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, 217 pounds, Sami Zayn, you know. But if you're a boxer, (laughs) you're sponsored by (laughs) Nestle Chocolate and you're fighting out of Boards Boxing Gym and you're you're 22 and 0 as a pro, Mm -hmm. 15 of them come by knockout. It's just a whole bunch of BS you got to do. And when you knock on the trailer, the dressing room door to get them, the manager opens the door. What do you want? What do you want? Hey, man, I'm the uh, ring announcer tonight. Just trying to get some info for a ring intro. What do you need? What do you mean? What do I need, man? Like you're going to sound, you're the one that's going to sound. Yeah, like you need to tell me what. That's what what I'm saying, you know, and um. You know, and the the promoter's not uh, not too not too nice to me. I hope he's, I hope he's not listening because he won't book me anymore. I'm not going to say his name, but it was just little things that rubbed me the wrong way that have never happened to me. And I've been lucky that they've never happened to me in pro wrestling. Where um, the one time this one guy's name, his last name was Murray. Mm-hmm. Okay, French Murray. 
So I get with them beforehand, and it's spelled M-O-R-A-I. Mm-hmm. So I get with them beforehand. I want to know, how do I pronounce your name, man? Because I don't want to screw it up. He says, my last name is Murray. So I ring announce him, in the red corner, blah, 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 Murray. You know, mm-hmm. The promoter is about in the third row, and he stands up, and he's throwing this pamphlet down. I'm thinking, what did I do? You know what I mean? <laughs> After the fight, he tells me, how did you announce Murray? Just like that and looks at me. And I said, uh, I didn't know what he was getting at. He yeah. said, it's Mariah. <laughs> and I said, well, he told me it was Murray. You know what I mean? And then it's like, the, 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 it's so different from pro wrestling where this guy is halfway down the aisle. Mm-hmm. His music's still playing. And now I'm supposed to cut and go to the next guy. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that because they called me. They said, hey, we need an announcer for this show. We came across your stuff on YouTube, whatever. Would you be interested in doing it? So, of course, I said, yeah, because the mm-hmm. pay was awesome. Yeah. I said, yeah, and it's something to branch off onto. Mm-hmm. Whole new audience to see me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And when I got there, I got the runaround from a bunch of different people. It was okay because I'm watching their highlights on YouTube to try to get a feel for how I announce. And each fight starts with the bell. Yeah. When you click play, it's ding, 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 fight. There's no – they don't do the entrances. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when I'm supposed to introduce them. So I go right up to the the woman that uh, she's a sweet lady. The woman mm-hmm. that hey, go up to her. You know when do I introduce them? Because I know you do the in ring in this corner, in this corner. But I thought it was kind of stupid. I said, do I do that in ring? Do I announce them as they're coming out? Well, get with the DJ. He'll let you know. <laughs> so I get with the DJ. The DJ tells me, no, 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 man. You you don't say anything until they're in the ring. The lights will dim in the spotlight, and then you go. Cool. Well, when the first match uh, fight started and I <laughs> walked the entire way to the ring and I didn't introduce him, you would have thought the promoter was going to grab me by the hair and throw me over the top rope. <laughs> Another thing, too, just things that rub me the wrong way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I wipe my feet before I go out in the ring, which is <laughs> we, something we weren't taught that <laughs> you're taught to do that. Wipe your feet before you get in the ring. Uh-huh. But the third or fourth time I get out of the ring. God damn, you got some uh, you got some bubble gum on your shoe or what? <laughs> oh, I'm just just wiping my feet, sir. Step in mud. <laughs> just like a to- totally in. And actually, I did take a booking for them. I'll be with them next month. So I really don't want this guy to see it. But yeah. it's just like, you know, I'm not I'm just chumming in here to announce, man. Like, why can't you, you know, why is that, that of all things something you would even care about? Exactly. You know, like, you know what I mean? Just little things, you know, and me, I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm going to wipe my feet and these guys are going to be impressed. Yeah. And they're going to say, oh, he wiped his feet. You oh, know, he knows. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he knows. He knows. And then and then three or four fighters ask him, you know, mm-hmm. is it slippery on the apron, man? Like, why are you wiping your feet and all this stuff? And it's just like, so there, there's a lot of money to be made in boxing, but it's just not the feel. I was never a boxing fan. You know, I was never into it. So if I would take a boxing gig, it would totally be. As a paycheck. job, <laughs> paycheck now, as a job. Now, is it is it more so though, like what you're dealing with outside of the announce? Because it sounds to me more like it's the situation Probably. around it, not not so much Probably. the actual ring announcing. Probably, and he wanted to kill me one time because <laughs> uh, the one the one fight was a draw, and that was the first fight I had announced that was a draw. Every other fight, it's three judges, either unanimous or split decision. So. Judge one scores the bout, you know, da 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 da. Judge two, blah blah blah. Judge three scores the bout by unanimous decision for <laughs> this guy, or yeah. by split decision. Well, it was a draw, 
And apparently, I haven't watched enough boxing, apparently. <laughs> when you announce the scores for a draw, you announce which judge mm. scored that. Yeah. Where you don't say, or for who, rather. Right. So if there's, you know, if... Um, you know, if Nick Lendl's a boxer and it's a unanimous decision, the ring announcer isn't going to say, Judge one scores the bout, blah, 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 for Nick Lendl. Yeah. Judge two scores the bout, blah, 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 for Nick Lendl. Mm -hmm. And Judge, because you already know I won at yeah. that point. So each time it's just the score. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end, Judge, blah, 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 scores at this, scores at this, scores at this. This bout is a draw. All yeah. these boos, because they're, they're mad it's a draw. But the promoter <laughs> was mad because. The fight camps didn't know who scored right. in favor of their guy, mm -hmm. which I got my ass chewed out for that too. And it's it like, like there's I'm, a lot of good on-job training for this. No, and that's what I thought. And I thought when you get there, man, like it almost looks like a—I uh, don't want to say like a Monday Night Raw setup because mm -hmm. it's not that big. Almost like an yeah. NXT setup where there's a couple thousand seats, maybe. I want to say maybe like maybe two thousand seats. Mm -hmm. Spotlights. They have a lighting rig like they used to have on. Uh, like the outside nitro, you know, yeah. event a long time ago. And it's really, when I walked in there, you get a feel of, all right, this is legit. And then you get there and you can't talk to anybody. Right. You know, you can't, you know, and then it's, I remember the first time I did it, it was miserable the whole time. And <laughs> halfway through the show, I'm thinking, I can't wait till this is over. Cause I never want to do it again. I hate this guy. I hate this boxing. Yeah. And when I'm, in, when I'm boxing announcing, the table, my table is literally right up against the ring. Yeah. Whereas commentary for wrestling, is you're farther back. Mm -hmm. So I'm literally, I have sweat flying at me, <laughs> blood flying at me. I'm not having a good time. I said, Oh, you don't, I, you don't enjoy I, that? You don't like blood splattering on you? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's good I didn't get I didn't yeah. stay with the wrestling man. <laughs> yeah. I said, you know what? I don't like this. I cannot wait till this is over so I can get my check and get the hell out of here and never come back. And after I got my check, the promoter said, hey, man, good job tonight. You want to come back in August? I said, absolutely, sir. I'll be back in August. <laughs> so I went back and did the show in August. He was a little nicer to me, but still just little things, you know, just rubbed me the wrong way. How many you times know? have you done the, done announcing for them? Um, I've done three boxing events. And you have one more coming up. And I have one in April coming up, yeah. Has it gotten a little better each time or you're – well, yeah, the second like, and third time, this fourth time, you're like, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Oh, the second time, I thought I was good to go because I knew how to do it. I knew when to do it and what this guy wanted. He wants as soon as the the fight is over and they raise their hand and they take their pictures and the guy gets out of the ring, you announce the next match. They don't want or fight. Yeah. See, I'm stuck with the wrestling. <laughs> they don't want any dead air. Any dead air. So I, I got the grip of that, and, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing good. And by the end of the second show, he hasn't yelled at me. And then at the end, he chewed me out for something that I don't even remember. Yeah. But, again, he said, you want to come back in whenever it was? And I said, yeah. <laughs> um, but like you said, I think maybe if it was a different promoter, if things were more, you know, handled. And now maybe maybe they're thinking, well, this kid's coming in to announce a big-time boxing event. He should know what to do. Right. Kind of like, you know, um, if I was going, you know, if someone called me to do a WWE show or fill in, you know, they're, you know, well, he knows what he's doing. All right. He should. But that's the know? thing is WWE, you know, that they would micromanage how they want you to do it. <laughs> and that's what I thought this would be, too. Another, and especially uh, the thing with the uh, boxing is you have to pay attention. Not that I don't pay attention with wrestling, but 
if there's a wrestling match, I know who's going over. I know how long it's going to be. So I kind of know when to get ready to announce. Whereas yeah. box knockout could happen anytime. I got to be right there, mm-hmm. especially if it's a big knockout. I've been literally pulled up by my suit and thrown in, the- <laughs> get, a, get a post fight interview, you know, get a post fight, you know? So I, I can't say that I, um, I can't totally say that I dislike it. I, I mean, I do, but, but, but it's not, it's not what you want to be doing. Which... It's not, it's not, but it's an announcing gig I, and I'm getting out there and I'm mm-hmm. exposing myself to a whole other audience, you know, and I can tell that because on my, I have, you know, demo reels mm-hmm. for ring announcing commentary, everything. And I have a specific boxing reel yeah. for it. And that's gotten more views than some of my wrestling stuff. Really? So I know people <laughs> are seeing it. You know, and like I said, I, I, I'd be open to taking more boxing bookings. It's just, it's not your maybe passion. Maybe it's just that promoter. You know, maybe I just, you know, I don't know. Well, don't know. we'll work on finding you a different promoter to work with to see if, if it's the sport or the promotion. Um, okay, we're coming up on an hour here. So the, the last thing I want to ask you, and I thought of this while we were doing this, if you could go back in WWE history and ring announce any single match, what would it be? Hmm. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. <laughs> it would I assume probably, it's not an easy one to answer. <laughs> I think it would be. Um, honestly, off the top of my head, I would have to say WrestleMania 24 because mm-hmm. um, I want my the biggest dream I could imagine is ring announcing at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. If I got to ring announce a match at WrestleMania, my life would be full <laughs> circle complete. You know what I mean? That. Yeah. So. I, my favorite, my favorite wrestler of all time is uh, Edge. Okay. Love Edge. Always loved Edge. <laughs> Good choice. I don't, I don't know why. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons why. Actually, um, Edge and Christian, when they were on the Indies before they got their break, mm-hmm. Edge was Sexton Hardcastle, and Christian <laughs> was Christian Cage. Yeah. And when I was going to wrestle, my name was going to be Sexton Cage. I was going to be <laughs> Sexton Cage. That's awesome. <laughs> so obviously, I don't think I would have had too big of a future. No, you never um, know. But I'd say WrestleMania 24, the main event for the uh, the World Heavyweight Championship, Edge versus The Undertaker. Because to me, that's the one person. If you ask me if I could bring it out to anybody, it would be The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously The Undertaker's main event at WrestleMania before. But for the title and Edge in there, you know, that, that's that's what it would be. And definitely if I could bring it out to one person, it would be The Undertaker. That's Love awesome. the opportunity to do that. <laughs> well, there's still time. <laughs> he hasn't retired yet. You seem to be well on your way. Um, I personally, I'm happy that you've made it as far as you have already. Because, Thank you. like, like I said, it's been longer than I realized. Probably even longer than you realized since we met that first day. You've come a long way. Obviously, you're having some success. There are more doors open to you now. Um, I appreciate you doing this. It was a lot of fun to talk to you. Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> I would love to have you on again sometime to keep me updated on what you're doing. I'd like to hear what happens at this uh, boxing show next time you're there. <laughs> maybe I'll just maybe I'll, maybe they'll just tell me not to come back and it'll, and it'll be an easier decision for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it goes better, because like you said, if the pay is good, pay is you, good. You, you never you never know who's going to see it and where you might end up being. You may like I just said. Good. You may be in Atlantic City or in Vegas one day ringing out. That's nice. I'd, I'd love so. to do that. I actually actually got um, – they offered me a gig in Vegas on the same day, April 8th, as that oh, show really? with um, the Hardys and everything. But mm-hmm. wrestling's my number one. That's why I did this, especially IWC. I, you know, uh, IWC is definitely my top priority. I haven't run into too many 
conflicts in bookings because uh, the company I work for in Cleveland, PCW, they book a lot of the IWC guys. Mm -hmm. So they tend to work with each other in keeping days open. So guys are available for each show, Yeah, which is cool. And that's a cool thing too, getting to be able to work with these guys in multiple promotions mm -hmm. because you get to a building and you don't know what to expect. And then there's some familiar faces and it's, it's a lot more comfortable that way. Right. Um, you have any social media you'd like to, to plug just in case anybody, any decision makers may be watching. This? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Decision makers. Check me out. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Nick Lendl at, um, at Nick Lendl on Twitter. Don't do the Instagram thing. Uh, it's I'm actually, you know, I got to keep up with my Twitter. It's hard. I, I, I'm not real into the social media. I like me posting either. when I do a promo. Um, I did a promo with DJ Z last month. Mm -hmm. I put that up and I'm good with putting up, flyers for you know shows i'm going to be at i'll come out and see the wrestling show but a lot of times i forget about twitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, a lot if you go on twitter you'll see that all of my a lot of my posts are right after one another because <laughs> i might put something on twitter and then forget about my twitter completely for right. a month and then it's like oh i gotta put on everything <laughs> yeah. i did in the last month you know so you got a whole month packed into like one hour that you <laughs> yeah posted at all. absolutely <laughs> but um, um it's 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 gone good today actually today you know coincidence mm -hmm. i talked to kurt angle uh ian riccaboni who's a ring of honor announcer mm -hmm. they just had a show in pittsburgh i said uh, <laughs> one of our guys chris larusso was on that show uh, i talked to ian riccaboni about maybe getting into the next ring of honor tryout mm -hmm. camp um that's another thing I, i've been talking to bob evans who's a big part of that too. They do the ring of honor tryout camp every couple months. And I know a lot of guys that go to these camps, Yeah, but I keep getting turned down <laughs> because it's for wrestlers and referees. Mm. And here I am thinking like, well, they'll at least take my money. Right. <laughs> you know, why wouldn't they at least take my money? Yeah. So I applied for it twice and got turned down twice. They sent my money back to me. Um, sorry, man, this is just for referees and announcers. I'm like, man, like I feel like I could learn something there, yeah. you know? You know, I, you know, so uh, I eventually got in touch with Bob Evans because he worked an IWC show talking with him. I said, man, I keep getting denied for these tryout camps. So um, he actually got me in touch with Ian Riccoboni, who's their their lead guy now that mm -hmm. Kevin Kelly's gone. Yeah. And uh, Nigel McGinnis is, you know, doing the NXT thing now. Um, so Ian Riccoboni, you know, me and him are going to meet up. I send him some stuff and they have a show back here in Pittsburgh in October. So that's kind of a goal of mine, mm -hmm. maybe. You know, maybe uh, get maybe get on the show would be awesome, but at least maybe go backstage and talk to some people. And, you know, he's, you know, if anything, before that, trying to get into this Ring of Honor camp, because yeah. just like the Performance Center, man, it's all about them seeing you because mm -hmm. they don't know you're out there because you could tweet them and send them stuff all you want. But you don't realize that they get tweets. Yeah, you're not the okay. only one. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and they aren't able to tell if I'm some Mark that watches raw and says, Roman Reigns sucks. Mm -hmm. I should be there. You know? <laughs> and that's another thing too, man. Like you said before off camera, you mm -hmm. know, there's different types of wrestling fans. You know, yeah. if you chill John Cena, you're an idiot and yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. I don't think that the wrestling fans will ever be happy. No. That's, you know, I, I'm, I'm that way where I, I watch raw or I watch mm -hmm. SmackDown and I think, well, this could have been done differently mm -hmm. or, Oh, why did they do that? You know, mm -hmm. But rest, the, the internet fans need to realize, okay, 10 years ago, 
you complaining on the internet whenever it was 2007 and John Cena was beating everybody and it was John Cena and Randy Orton and Batista. Nobody else could, you know, break through that glass yeah. ceiling. Well, now I look at them and I say, what do you want? You, what do you want? You got Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, <laughs> like all these guys that were the guys that you said WWE should sign this guy. CM Punk was the first one that kind of broke that mold yeah. where the, the indie, the indie talk, he was a guy with some buzz and mm-hmm. same thing with Daniel Bryan. I think they just picked up Daniel Bryan cause he had some buzz and they just wanted to have him under contract. But yeah. now, you know, all these guys that you're watching for years, AJ Styles, and not only is AJ Styles on TV, he was the WWE champion for most of this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys like that, Bobby Roode, uh, Eric Young, all these guys from TNA that are getting opportunities in NXT. You know, it's unbelievable the way the business has changed, even since we were at the Performance Center. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's totally different now. Yeah, it's come a long way. And to me, to, to your point that you were just making, the thing that I think crystallizes the point that you made more than anything is at SummerSlam, we got Finn Balor against Seth Rollins for the, the Universal Championship. Absolutely, and yeah. I was there, and that crowd did nothing but boo the belt for the entirety of the match. So this is a match, you guys. Oh, they, they we need to see matches like this. We put you know push guys like Seth. Then they get it, guys, and you're complaining about that the belt is red. Mm-hmm. It's like what? Who cares about that? Like absolutely. The, and here's the thing: you're going to end up buying that belt when it's available on the WWE <laughs> shop anyway. But you you spent a half hour doing it when a great match was going on. Like you took uh-huh. away from that match because mm-hmm. you you can never be. That's like part of being a wrestling fan is being unhappy. You, I feel like <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, you have to complain about at least something. Yeah, I mean, um, I have things I complain about, but I I try to find what I enjoy about it more than what I hate about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why, you know, why do you even call yourself a fan if you're just gonna pick apart every show and they should have did this and they should have did this? Well, that's why you and I aren't writing the show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's why you know they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You might not agree with it because it might not make sense to you. Yeah. Same thing like like when The Rock came back the first time and faced Cena in the main event of WrestleMania, and you heard all that backlash because. Well, The Rock doesn't deserve that spot. He's <laughs> taking that spot from one of the boys. And I might have felt that way too. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize that this is a business. Mm-hmm. And Vince McMahon, Triple H, you know, Kevin Dunn, whoever you want to talk about, yeah. <laughs> they're not promoting their show to you and I, Ron, or anybody that's watching this, this podcast mm-hmm. right now because we don't matter. Yeah, we're the wrestling fans that they should cater to, but they're catering to the fans that, because how many people do you think – now, this is before WWE Network, whenever right. The Rock came back and faced Cena. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think called their buddies that hadn't watched wrestling in five, ten years and said, hey, man, did you see The Rock's coming back on pay-per-view? <laughs> we got to get that shit. We got, yeah. you know, and you have people come to your place. How many more buys did they get on pay-per-view simply because The Rock was in it? And that's the business aspect. Yeah. You know, you could say that CM Punk deserved that spot or Daniel Bryan deserved that spot, and they probably did. You know, they probably did, you know, but they got more buys out of The Rock mm-hmm. than they would have CM Punk. Yeah, you know, and is... I was on the Punk bandwagon yeah. back then, you know, <laughs> and, you know, you just have to look at it as a business. Yeah, I get why Punk felt slighted. I get why the fans didn't like it. It's the hardcore fans didn't like it. Uh-huh. But like you said, ultimately, and especially it's a publicly traded company now. Vince mm-hmm. has to worry about his bottom line, his shareholders before everything else. And while I might not always like the decisions that leads to, 
you have to understand that that's why those decisions are being made. Yeah. You, <laughs> and like you said before, you always say yes. You should never say no because yeah. <laughs> even though, you, you know, CM Punk may have deserved that main event spot, mm-hmm. but if he didn't get that main event spot, I guarantee you he still would have been in a top level match. It wasn't like he was going to be left off the show. And I get his frustration and, you know, maybe even do a sense of walking out saying, I don't, I don't need this, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, there's always, I don't want to say always a reason for things happening, but um, now there's a perfect example. Now I said, I've been working with this company, uh, PCW in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing their shows every month since August. I'm the, I'm the ring announcer. I'm mm-hmm. the backstage guy. Hell last <laughs> month, their, uh, their, their bell, their bell guy, their timekeeper couldn't get there. So I <laughs> ring announcing the show getting out of the ring, taking the wrestler's jackets, <laughs> running to the table and ringing the bell, keeping time, but, you know, and, and it's just more that you learn. Yeah. But I brought up that welterweight show, that mm-hmm. welterweight show in uh, May. They so it was in May 7th? May 7th, okay. the welterweight show, yeah, uh, in Cleveland. They brought in another ring announcer. Really? Somebody, <laughs> yeah, because so, that's going to be uh, streamed live. I don't know if it's going to be on the fight app mm-hmm. or what. Um, but they're going to stream it live on iPay-Per-View, whatever. And uh, they sat me down. They said, listen, they said, we got um, Pedro DeLuca, the legendary ring announcer. He's awesome. Good guy, too. Mm-hmm. Learned a lot from him. Uh, we're going to bring in Pedro. No hard feelings. You know, I think it might get some more buys. It might make a bigger feel to the show. Yeah. And uh said, okay, no big deal. And then the next sentence was, well, we still need you, though, because yeah. we're going to shoot backstage stuff. And we might even have you do an in-ring promo with the winner of the tour, which is cool because I'm on the show. I'm contributing. Yeah. <laughs> and now how would it have looked if I said, well, what do you mean? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> you know what I mean? Just uh-huh. throw, think about it, you know, and then and then you do look like a mark. Yeah, because you do look like a mark because you want to you want to be in the spotlight, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. even if I'm even if I'm not announcing anything on the show, I'm going to be sitting at the commentary table, and the camera's going to be filming me the entire show. Anyway, <laughs> so there's no reason to get upset about that, right? But like and you said, things just fall into place. Yeah, like like you said, you could have easily taken that the wrong way. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I I've been doing this this amount of time. Now you yeah. want to replace me with somebody else when something big comes along. You didn't though. Like you, you went along with doing the commentary when you weren't prepared to do it. You went along with doing boxing when that wasn't something you really intended to do. You go <laughs> along with this, and you still, yeah, you still have a spot on the show though, which, which is good. Like you still have your foot in that door, and they they could have easily said, "Oh, well, this is this is not somebody that you want to work with." You know, if you uh-huh. if this, somebody called them for a reference on you, oh yeah, you know he's not he's not he's difficult to work with, and then. You're, Not a team player. Yeah, you're killing yourself for the future. Um, now, a guy like CM Punk can get away with some stuff like that because of his level of popularity he had, or oh, a yeah. guy like Shawn Michaels, but... CM Punk has a lot more leverage than Nick Lendl, definitely. Exactly. Yeah, Shawn, <laughs> Shawn Michaels got away with a lot. There are a lot of guys yeah. who got away with a lot, but they... That's because they made it first, you know? they. I'm, I'm pretty sure Shawn Michaels was not always as difficult backstage as people talk about him being in the late 90s. <laughs> And a lot, another thing I think about a lot is um, if I do make it to WWE, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel, you know, could very well happen. You know, I hope so. Yeah. Wishful, wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I would earn respect with their wrestlers because, hey, we're bringing in this new announcer, ring announcer, backstage guy, whatever. And he's worked on the indies. 
He's even done some boxing shows. He's done this rather than, hey, we brought in some newscaster that's going to be interviewing you now. Or because that's where they got they get some of these guys that Greg Hamilton, yeah. who's a great guy. You know, we met him. He's mm-hmm. a good guy. Helped me, gave me some yeah. pointers on ring announcing. He's a good guy. Don't want to say anything negative about him, mm-hmm. but they got Greg Hamilton from American Idol in um, the Disney in California. Oh, really? He <laughs> they they do a almost like um, in the the Disney in Orlando. They have a Fear Factor mm-hmm. show where they pick people from the audience. Oh, they bring so them it down. takes place like within the park. Yeah, and it's like a show where people watch it on the show. And uh, he, they did that, an American Idol type thing, where they would bring in people from the audience who could sing the best, and then you won. I don't know what the hell you won. Yeah, but Greg Hamilton, (laughs) Greg Hamilton was the host of that, and Triple H and Stephanie were there with their daughters and saw him and brought him on. Mike Rome, who is the ring announcer for NXT, Mm -hmm. is good buddies with Greg Hamilton that got the gig because of Greg Hamilton. Now, Mike Rome could be the the biggest wrestling uh, fan in the world. He could have always wanted to do this just yeah. like me, but I feel like someone like me, you, you always talk and you always hear about paying your dues. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if, and when I do make it to WWE, people will see that I have paid my dues by, uh, ring announcing a show in a, uh, 102 degree building in front of <laughs> 70 people, uh, all the way to getting chewed out by some, you know, cocky boxing promoter. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I feel like I paid my dues and, um, am paying my dues i'm not done yet yeah <laughs> but it's all part of the process man and like i said you know before we wrap this up if it ended tomorrow the names that i have worked with the things that i have done you know what i mean just absolutely i never would have thought any of this would happen you know what i mean and um just getting the exposure even this you know you're, you're giving mm-hmm. me more exposure i appreciate that so much i just i just want to keep doing it I'm, I'm at the point now where i'm booked almost every other weekend or so um so that's pretty, that's pretty steady. Yeah, yeah. I usually do about um, three shows a month, maybe mm-hmm. four, which doesn't sound like a lot to um, you know indie wrestlers because there are indie indie guys that I know personally. I know a guy, Andrew Palace, who's an awesome wrestler. He, he might make it someday. He has a great mm-hmm. look about him. Uh, he's someone to watch out for, Andrew Palace. He, he's, he drives and has matches on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, town to town to town. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the the people that do that you really want them to make it you know what i mean you really want to see them succeed because those are the guys that really really want to make it and if mm-hmm. they didn't they would only be working once or twice a month yeah. now the thing about andrew palace is now last year in 2016 i think i worked 23 events maybe 24 in 2016 which doesn't sound like a lot to a wrestler that maybe wrestled you know, I wrestled 123 matches in 2016. <laughs> what are you talking about? Your 24 shit. But you don't realize how hard it is to get booked as an announcer because yeah. a either they've already had an announcer that they've been using for years. B they don't want to pay you and they want you to come in for free, which I can't do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'd love to do it and I'd love to get exposure, but I'm not going to drive out of state to make no money. Yeah. I, you know, and, um, and three, well, my buddy does it. <laughs> and then, yeah. their, then their product suffers because, oh, your buddy does it, and you had Road Warrior Animal on your show. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been me. I want to check that out. Yeah. Here comes Road Warrior Animal in his face paint and shoulder pads, and your ring announcer's announcing in a T-shirt and uh, cargo shorts and tennis shoes. <laughs> but he did it for free. Hey, hold on. Have you actually seen that? I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen wow. it on shows. I've seen it on shows. I've seen guys ring announce in cargo shorts. Same thing with referees. I've seen referees referee in basketball shorts and <laughs> stuff like that. And it's like, 
referees too. Like, don't you want to get noticed? Yeah. And you never know. Like there there's, you know, there could be scouts at a show and they're sent to this show to watch this guy. Mm -hmm. Hey, watch this guy's match. He's really good. We're thinking about giving him a deal. Mm -hmm. So they sit there and they watch this match and they say, well, I mean, he wasn't very good, but that referee kept up with everything. It was <laughs> yeah. awesome. We should look at this referee. Or did, I don't know what the hell happened in the match, but did you hear the ring announcer? Mm -hmm. Who's that guy? I never heard that guy. Mm -hmm. And opportunities pop up like you would never, you never expect it to that way. And that's yeah. how it kept happening for me. Like I said, I'm working for three different companies now, and then including the, the boxing thing, if you want to count. That. <laughs> yeah, so four companies. <laughs> you know, but like I said, you know, I got to do the House of Hardcore thing. You know, and that was all just falling into place, you know, and I'm still trying to, you know, I sent, I sent Tom Phillips, the, um, the magazine article mm -hmm. with wrestling life. And, uh, I sent it to Kurt Angle and they got back to me. And, uh, like I said, Kurt Angle's another guy that really seems to be interested in, in what I'm doing. And you could tell, mm -hmm. you could tell, cause I got, um, the info for Canyon Seaman, who's a talent, you know, a scout mm -hmm. for WWE, and I got his info and he said, well, I'm just talent. I don't look at announcers, yeah. but I'll forward this to Michael Cole. And about an hour later, I get an email from Michael Cole. So, you know, these people aren't blowing smoke. And it's like, I had to have made a good enough impression to where Tom Phillips says, hey, man, we're not hiring right now, but I really appreciate you um, keeping me updated with your status, you know, your progress and everything. Keep me, keep me updated. Keep sending me. And how easy would it be for Tom Phillips to get oh, Nick Lendl delete mm -hmm. or Kurt Angle? Oh, this Nick Lendl delete, mm -hmm. but they take the time to send me an email back and it might only be a couple sentences, but I always look at it as a positive because the guy's taking the time. To, and that's another thing I see in Indies is there's guys that have made it in WWE and then come back to the Indies. Like right. I said, uh, we had Billy Gunn on a show, mm -hmm. and we met him at the Performance Center too. Yeah. That day. Um, <laughs> yeah, he walked in when, when I was signing my contract. He walked and he, through. He was huge. <laughs> yeah, he was a monster. <laughs> I couldn't believe how big he was. But anyway, you know, now Billy Gunn's at the show, and he pulls these two guys aside and kind of gives them a critique on their match. And these guys took it as, wow, Billy Gunn just totally shit on us. Yeah. Well, they should have said, this guy who's a legend, future mm -hmm. Hall of Famer, took the time to tell me what I did wrong. If he thought you were that bad and didn't care about you, he would have... He would have not even bothered. And then, this is a guy who just coached like all these superstars we talked about at NXT who were on the main roster. He was absolutely. coaching all of them. <laughs> Why would you not think of that? This guy was just in NXT as a trainer. He wants to teach me. Why would I not... Like I said, same thing going back to the promos. Mm. Hey, we have a promo tonight, man. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Like I said, and this kind of takes this whole thing full circle. You went into that performance center visit with an enthusiasm for what you were there to do, and everybody knew it. You know, the other those of us who were there as visitors knew it. People who were there as the coaches knew it. People who were there who bring on new talent knew it. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I mean, every, anything you're pursuing, you should pursue it with enthusiasm because if you're halfway pursuing it, you're you're never going to get anywhere. You know, you have to, you have to pursue it all the way. And looking back on it, I can honestly say hundred percent certainty that I would not have gotten, not some of the opportunities I've mm -hmm. got. I would not have been given any of these opportunities if I was not at the performance center because so that was the catalyst for everything <laughs> that, that set me up to where I wanted to be because beforehand, the problem I had was 
if a promoter did get in touch with me and did respond, when they saw my reel, like I said before, it's me in front of a curtain because I had never stood in a, a wrestling ring to announce. So they don't take me seriously. Oh, here's some Mark that thinks he can announce because he has a college degree. Yeah. When I sent pictures to people, I got headshots made, but it's me in a suit and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. When people see my picture and it comes up email from Nick Lendl and the picture you see is me in a ring with a WWE microphone, <laughs> their whole perception changes. Yeah. Oh, now we want to talk to you. you know, and I really, really honestly in my heart believe that if I would have not done that at the performance center, that I would not be talking to you right now. I would not, you know, have the opportunities that I've had the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have the opportunities that I'm going to have in the future. I really think that opened the doors for me. And now even, um, even if I do send WWE something or I send something to the performance center or Tom Phillips or even Ryan Katz, mm-hmm. there's nothing available. Um, they at least know who I am. Yeah. It's not, you know, n- you know, uh, who the hell's this guy now? It's, <laughs> Oh, it's Nick. We don't have anything, but at least we know who he is. And they keep seeing my progress. Yeah. Whereas, Oh, I'm ring announcing for IWC. Now, Elias Sampson came from there. Mm-hmm. Then it turns into, well, I did House of Hardcore. Yeah. Now I'm on now I'm on pay-per-view for boxing. <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm I'm working at it where and I, I want to show them that. I want to show Ryan Katz, Tom Phillips that I'm I'm working towards it rather than just sitting on my ass mm-hmm. waiting for a phone call. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's another thing people think too, is that, you know, you're just you're good and you're gonna get out there. And there's one there's just like you say, I'm the I'm the greatest wrestler in the world. I'm the best wrestler in the world. Well, how can you truly know that? Because there's a guy that's, that might be faster than you, guy that mm-hmm. might be stronger than you. There's no real way to say, I am the best wrestler in the world. So why right. are they going to contact you? Whereas me, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say that I'm the best ring announcer in the world, but I think that I um, I think that I definitely have potential. I'll say, I'll say that. I don't want to sound too, you know, but. But I, if you, if you didn't like, think you were good at it, why would you be trying to do it? Yeah, that's another thing too. But it goes back to I don't want to sound like a mark and all that, but no, uh, I know. But I'll I'll say it for you. There's no reason to do something. <laughs> There's no reason to pursue pursue something if you don't think you're actually good at it. Yeah, so you said you it. shouldn't be pursuing something if you don't think you're good and, at it. Well, that goes back to the NXT thing because, like I said, I I did it in the mirror, did it in the shower, did it in the car for years, but I never knew if I was good because up until that Alexa Bliss Bailey match that everyone saw mm-hmm. that they posted. My wife had never even heard me ring. Yeah, really? <laughs> what am I gonna do? Like, hey, sit on the bed while I pretend I have a microphone and announce this uh, this match on TNA tonight. You know, and uh, so she had never even heard me. So I thought that I sounded good based on what I heard on TV. And I'll tell you one thing: 100% my ring announcing, I do Tony Chimmel. <laughs> I try to sound like Tony Chimmel. I do the exact way Tony Chimmel said, which may be a, be a good or bad thing, depending on who you're talking to. But, uh, and I told them at the performance center that I think I, it was actually uh, Simon Gotch. He said, you sound exactly like Tony Chimmel. Really? I said, well, that's who I'm trying to sound like. Cause I always thought Tony Chimmel was awesome. Yeah. I always thought Tony Chimmel was awesome. He is good. I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, I think he showed up at a raw in Philadelphia. I think it might've been the night. Uh, Roman Reigns won the title uh, December well, he, of 2015, I believe. They always bring him out to do uh, to introduce Edge. Oh, really? Because <laughs> Edge likes he does the rated R. Sue, 
Superstar. And Ed, I don't know. One time he was announcing Edge and his voice cracked when he did that. Rated R Superstar. And Edge must have thought that was hilarious because if you notice now, even when they bring Edge back for one show, it's still Tony Chimmel that ring announces them. So I think that's like an Edge thing. Like, I want Chimmel, you know. So if you, if you had gotten to announce Edge at WrestleMania 24, is that how you would announce him? With the cracked voice? No. Okay. No, because I I wouldn't be able to prove to people that it was on purpose. Right. I'd be on on Botchamania, and I'd be getting all these tweets. This ring announcer botched at WrestleMania. But, you know. All right, so steer clear of it, I guess. Um, (laughs) Now, what you were saying about everybody getting to see your progress. Um, I've heard people, this is not a perfect analogy. Yeah. I've heard people say, like, if you want to get a tattoo, wait, like, a month and see if you still want it before you get it. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, okay, yeah, it's a month later. I still need to get this thing inked on me, so I'll get it. Yeah. You, it, it was very easy to be enthusiastic and passionate that one day that you went there. But now they see a year and a half later that you're still pursuing it, if not as enthusiastic, probably more so. So, Absolutely. So the, the impression you made that day was good. I'm sure the – I obviously am not uh, in on anything that has gone on between you and any of those people since that day, but I'm sure that they're – they at least have their eyes open. They're like, all right, this guy means it. It's not just a guy who paid some money to come down here. It's like, yeah, I, w- I want to do this because yeah. it'd be fun to do it. Absolutely. It's like, no, he and, actually and, is trying to do it. You know, I don't know what the hell they're thinking, but when I still to this day, you know, if I'm backstage on an indie show before I go out the curtain, I, I, I get, I get laughed at, you know, because <laughs> the wrestlers, because I'll be standing there and I'm bouncing around like freaking Brock Lesnar. And I'm, I, I start sniffing and I like, smack myself. Like I'm about to go have a match, yeah. but I get that like pumped up for it, man. Like, and they, they say that you get addicted to that walking mm-hmm. through that curtain and it, whether there's thousands of people there or 200 people mm-hmm. there. Walking through that curtain and the, you know, um, there's there's really nothing like it, man. I get psyched up every time. My wife laughs at me all the time. Says, you look like you're about to go in the match, you know. But, oh man, can't, I can't say enough about it. I'm living living my dream totally, totally yeah. living my dream. Well, Nick, that is first of all, thank you for coming on. It was a great time. I had a blast talking to you. Uh, I would like to do this again sometime soon. Um, good luck with everything in the future. Congratulations on all your success so far. I'll get in touch with you after the boxing show. Yeah, definitely let me know. I'm curious curious how it goes. And hopefully when we're talking a year and a half from now, who knows? Maybe we'll be, you know, ring announcing WrestleMania. I guess we'll find out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Maybe at least NXT. Yeah. Well, yeah, NXT takeover the night before WrestleMania. I'm sure that'd be almost as good. Hey, man, anything with (laughs) WWE would be a dream. That'd be be the dream. (laughs) Well, that is the show. Uh, For Nick Lendl, I am Ron Pashery. We will talk to you next time. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with this elbow. Got them now, put them down right now, hit them with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.